podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. If, Are you if getting? I had a life, I wouldn't be seeing as many movies. <laughs> Welcome to the movie, movie podcast, everybody. Episode number one hundred and forty. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. Episodes. Yeah, this is a milestone, sort of. Or ten, wow. ten, ten more episodes is really a milestone. Um, but for this one, we're, uh, we're, get, we're getting there. We're getting to the milestone. Oh man, this is a long intro. I'm your host, Tiggs. And with me, as always, are Russ. I'm your gritty reboot, Russ. And Peter. Uh, I'm Venom. No, it's, it's me, Peter. <laughs> no, what? <laughs> um, our man, it was, it's been a while. We, there, a lot of things have happened. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't Anyone, yeah, I don't know if anyone caught the Oscars. <laughs> it was funny because we had like, um, they had this awesome joke at the Oscars uh, about the last duel. And I immediately emailed everyone was just like, this, is, this has been pretty boring so far, but that last duel joke was hilarious. And then like five minutes later. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we usually, for all the years of this podcast, we've done a pre-Oscar cast. And then this year, we were just like, we're a little too busy. We'll do a post one. And then if it was one of those things, if you didn't get a podcast about the Oscars out in like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. There was like, why even do it? It was the oldest news in the world. I've yep. never been more exhausted. I was exhausted by the news cycle before the Oscars were even over. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was crazy. Oh, absolutely. Um. Yeah, we, so, but we don't have to talk about anything about the Oscars at all. No, no please, let's not. <laughs> Coda did win, though. I like that movie. Mm-hmm. I think that movie was fine. It's not a Best Picture win I'm mad at. I think it's perfectly okay for a movie like that to win Best Picture. I don't think it has an Oscar-winning script. <laughs> oh, no, for sure not. No, d- no. It, it's, it's the same thing you've seen a million times yeah. before. Um, Here's the thing. It wasn't best picture. It was just most momentum. Yeah. yeah. And I think like how it goes. Right. And that's how it seems to have gone for the last like five or six years or so. It's like history will will recalibrate and say that it was something else. But right now, Coda just was picking up steam. It was winning some awards. It was a feel good story. And I'm not mad at it. It, it was, was a movie no. I enjoyed, but it, it like, it, if we're saying the best picture, uh, I'm currently doing a curtsy, um, <laughs> then it, it's not that. It's good. I, I think with the pandemic still being an issue for people getting out to the movies and streaming becoming the everyone's first option for a lot of stuff, uh, especially with movies being nominated that have never really been in a theater – that there, there was no movie this year that was able to have the we're coming out in the 11th hour and everyone's going to be talking about it. We're yeah. coming out. Every, everything, that was, everything that was nominated had been out for months, right? Yeah. There was nothing, yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of the, the nominees. Like, it might even be Don't Look Up is the most recent film on that list. I think it might be. And, and I don't understand how that even happened. Why yeah. was that nominated? Uh, no. Uh, you either don't look up or Nightmare Alley. And Nightmare, Nightmare Alley, Alley yeah. I could not tell you how that was nominated. I That's the other one. That was, oof. I yeah, mean, that, I, was, that, that was, was purely. It's like, Guillaume, like, and 
is it is it just that Guillermo is now in he made a movie, so we're gonna give it credit regardless territory now? I because think so. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I just hate him. that it happened for this. I think he's just a likable person that always makes sure he credits and talks up everyone who's not an actor or a director. Yeah. He goes so into everyone else that works, and so all those other um, branches of the Academy love him. Also, everything he makes is very ensemble-heavy. Yeah. So it it, it's not like he's making this one movie that's like this one person. No one in any of his movies is going to win Best Actor, Actress, Supporting, or whatever, because everyone in his movies is supporting. And I feel like it kind of spreads goodwill throughout the Academy, in a way. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, uh, I think completely agree. I think I think some people were just afraid to not nominate uh, Don't Look Up to kind of return to that one as well. In the complete opposite, I think people got really excited to nominate Nightmare Alley and afraid to not nominate Don't Look Up. Which, I, I, I mean, I don't know how either movie is nominated. I just, I truly don't know. I saw those both. are the two. Yeah, those I, are the two that I fine. see. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. wondering because I was bored by both of them. <laughs> Even <laughs> King Richard, like King Richard, has good performances. It's not a oh, it's great performances. Great it's not a great movie. Yeah. It's just got great performances, like him and but, uh, Ingenue. I enjoyed watching that movie way more than those other two. I was at least sure, like, engaged sure. with that. <laughs> I mean, that, that's how I was shocked. We got to what nine or ten this year. I'm like, really? Well, as, yeah. as well, that's the thing. This was the first year in it which in which it's a guarantee. They went to a guaranteed ten again. They came. Oh, I I never remember which way they're anymore. going. They, yeah, so they keep that switching had back to be ten. Yeah, they kept switching back and forth. So I'm very interested in what the numbers would be if it was more of a cutoff thing, and if this would have been a year in which there were really only six or seven nominees. But I yeah. I might be wrong about that. But still, I'm interested in the numbers because there's no way that. Uh, granted, some of the some of the front runners uh, were, are like polarizing in some weird ways, but I don't I don't think the ones that we've been talking about would have had that much of a like following for them. No, the, you uh, didn't hear anything about it. They were nominated, think, and like you heard no buzz. I no, think the it, wider field hurt Belfast, which was like a movie that if it came out twenty years ago would have won Best Picture. Well, that's, right. I think yeah. that was the problem across the board. As I was saying before, with everything. That movie was boring as fuck. Yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing was the 11th hour favorite. And I and I think, if anything, it helped Coda because not a lot of people watch Coda when it dropped. No. Everyone no. watched because not a lot of people have Apple. But Power of the Dog was like an oddly like huge hit for even mainstream audiences. Because Which I never quite movie. got. No one talked about no. that movie. I'm like, how did this happen? It was like a hit, but I think with the nomination, everyone was like, what's this Coda thing and flocked to go watch Coda. And they were like, wait a second. I've been being told that Belfast is the feel good crowd pleaser. I disagree. It's actually actually Coda. And everyone saw Coda post nomination. Everyone had seen everything else. And that was the only one that people tracked down and watched. Yeah. Did that ever actually get released in a theater or was that just just straight to Apple? It's just Apple. Just straight to yeah. Apple. It, it was a Sundance movie uh, last year, Sundance. But oh, I don't okay. think it ever hit a theater. Yeah, right, I think like is... you can see it at like Angelica or whatever, but. Okay, that's it. Right, yeah. 
but which is fine. Like there, there was some sort of a theatrical release for it at some point. Um, these small, you know, L.A., New York, and that's it. Um, as as are the rules, I believe. Because um, Power of the Dog is played at like you know like the Paris and things like that. I don't know if it actually got anything wider yeah. than that. I think it it most likely had some runs, but you know the yeah the Paris uh, Netflix uh, for the, the, Nef- the yeah you know, the Netflix Paris Netflix, theater. <laughs> Netflix owns the Paris theater, so they play all their stuff there. Right, exactly. What uh, else was even well? I can't even remember the other things that were nominated at this point. Um, uh, pictures, uh, Dune, which was nominated through craft stuff. Um, Drive my car was nominated for best picture. Yep, that's right. Uh, Lost Daughter wasn't. It no, wasn't. Lost that, was not. It, that was actress and supporting. Yeah. Uh, so wait, Dune, King Richard, Don't Look Up. Coda, my car, Fast, Drive, Night Alley, Licorice Pizza, Licorice Pizza. We're still missing like two, right? We're missing two. Uh, that doesn't bode well for those two. Yeah, right. Well, that's. I mean, that's the fucking weird thing. As I said, nothing. Everything. Oh, West Side Story. Oh yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh. So Power of the Dog. Did we not say Power of the Dog? I don't think we said Power of the Dog. Not not in that iteration. Not in that list. Not when we were just counting. Yeah. Well, I I I am I am going to take this slight discussion about weird movie theater stuff to pivot us into the ridiculous Pixar Disney fight of not putting their movies in theaters and talk about turning red. Let's do it, because after we said we were not going to talk about the Oscars, we spent the last 10 minutes talking about the Oscars. So let's move on and talk about movies. Yeah, I don't I I don't. Here's the thing. Yep. I think. I think it's it's a weird bit of it's it's weird corporate jockeying in the sense that I think uh, the, the the overlords at Disney understand the value add that is Pixar. Yes. And that right now in an uncertain time with theaters not being as much of a safe bet, they're they they got you on the hook as parents if, uh, if they drop a Pixar movie on Disney Plus. Now, Disney, the their animation studios wing. Yeah, they've been making really good stuff, too. But I think that that stuff they know, like that's go see it in the theaters. It's louder. It's brighter. Uh, and we also don't know if it's going to do well, so we need to squeeze as much money out of it as possible. Um, so I think it's that kind of thing. Like, let's keep our safe bet on the thing that's been generating us more money than God. And it's, but it sucks if you're a Pixar person, cause you're like, I make these movies for wide audiences and the haters, and you guys have been fucking us left and right. So I get why they're pissed, but I also understand it from a corporate standpoint. This this had a op- this maybe was in theaters I think for one weekend. Was it really? I, I I it was it was in theaters and I was gonna try to go see it, but it was one of those movies that you know I would see with Caitlin, so we didn't get to see it that first week, and then when the second week it was gone, and we just watched it on Disney Plus. I think they gave it a small opening, and it's weird because like. I, you know, I I don't like this. I'd rather these movies go in theaters. I would go see them in theaters, you know, as I said, if they were there for more than a week. But I think they're going to learn a disappointing lesson from Encanto 
Mm-hmm. Because even though that lesson sucks, because that movie came out when Delta was surging. Yep. And Encanto, no one saw it. And then it went up on Disney Plus and it became massive. Giant. A mega hit. And, and then I, it actually did better in theaters a second yeah. time around. I actually movie. forgot that it was even in theaters before it was on Disney Plus. I yeah, thought it was yeah, straight to Disney Plus. They that dropped time. it like pre Thanksgiving when everyone was like, I, was that that was what house. were we still like delta or the other that one? was like the that beginning was slash middle of it yeah so i think everyone everyone's it's like so much so that they didn't even submit america's favorite song for best uh original song right like that's that's how late the swell for that movie was so i, I think to be fair i agree with that decision because i was not i don't think that's the best song of that movie but regardless yes, it is no way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's so I think they're going to take that as a lesson that everything should just go right to Disney Plus and they'll abandon theaters a little bit, which I think is a bummer, especially especially for Pixar that seems to just keep getting kicked around. Yeah, which is confusing. But I think if anything, the good sign is that it seems like Pixar is like entering this like very interesting third phase of movies that are just like we have complete carte blanche to make whatever not not heady but like whatever type of movie we want and talk yep. about what we want and we don't need to have it fit into any umbrella like like the first wave of pixar's like monsters to- like monsters toys cars bugs what if they talked yeah and then the second wave of Enjoy pixar it. was what if we made people cry talking about emotion all the time yeah and, you know, even though that was literally a movie that was about emotions and the, but all of them were like that. And now they're entering this third phase of like Luca turning red that are just like, what if we used animation to make something for a slightly older audience that can still well, be presented to kids? The yes. kids that were there seeing like the almost like the, the second wave that have now yep. grown up a little bit more and now are like kind of entering into the phase where like, you know, they, they understand the turning red is not a movie for kids. Like I, I like, I like talking to my like niece about this. I'm like, do you understand what they're talking about half the time? Um, no, it, I think it's a movie. And I don't even know that it's like, if I was a teenager or not a teenager, but a tween, if yeah. I had identify with it, I think I'd identify with it. If I was in high school, looking back on a couple of years totally. ago. Yeah, totally. But, like, I think this is a movie for, like, a 15-year-old. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. like, kind of look back on being 12. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. there's a there's a space and a place for that. Um, and I think I think it's smart. Even Luca. Luca's not a movie for a child child. No. It, it, it would, I mean, a kid would like it because it's got, like, you know, funny animals and it's beautifully animated and all that stuff. But it's you you kind of have to have a little bit of a brain. And same thing with Turning Red and um, not so much Onward, which I didn't care for. Uh, no, and Soul, I think Soul was the end of the run of these movies are purely for grownups. Right. And now I think they're figuring out how to scale it down uh, in a way that I really enjoyed. But I, I like I watched that with Lizzie and I was like, oh, she, it's about an eighth grader in 2002. She was like, I was an eighth grader in 2002. This ah! is so, so grossly accurate. Um, and the, the all the pop beats and the music, it was just so 
it really did its homework to nail that time period. Yeah. And I respect that they, they're not just using uh, animation as a crutch. They're still maintaining like historical significance in these movies. Um, But yeah, I thought, I thought turning red fucking slapped. I loved it. Yeah. I think you, you do there. They, they try to do so much big animation with the actual Panda design and all the things that it's able to do. And, you know, you still make these visually for kids in a lot of ways with that. And it's like the same thing. It's like, why in Luca, the girl's dad has such a funny design. Mm-hmm. It did. It, it, it he could have looked like a normal person, but it's it's just like you throw up this little design for the kids to have something kind of silly, and it's still make it. But like as you said, this movie's not for kids. Uh, it, the the emotions and the interesting of the story is like the depth of it is great. Like it's it's um, you know, and granted, parents will complain about the movie maybe teaching their children before they wanted to about periods, but. Eh. Which, a stupid complaint. As as a not child haver, I also agree. Stupid complaint. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but uh, no, I I think I hate to compare Pixar shit to Pixar stuff. And I did I enjoy um, what's that one? The one about feelings to a certain degree. Sure. Inside out. Finding Sorry. feelings, yeah, uh, inside out. Um, <laughs> Finding feelings would have been a great name, though. Let's be. <laughs> uh, but in, inside out was like where they were trying to have their cake and eat it too, be a kids movie, but also be for adults, whatever. But they completely failed at being for kids. Yeah. And I think this takes similar-ish subject matter, but nails yeah. being a movie that an adult will enjoy and a kid will get a lot out of and maybe come back to and see themselves in the movie differently as time goes on. Whereas inside out, you could only watch that movie as an adult. I feel like this, you can watch as like a 14 year old and up and really get it. And I think you'll still like it if you're a little kid, because the Panda is so cute. Yeah. Yeah. The Panda is super cute. Um, I, I, I she's do like that. in panda mode, like running around with her friends, like doing montage stuff to make money. Like, I, I couldn't get enough of how adorable it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I will say, like, I think that and this is this is an unfair comparison to make, but I had not seen Luca um, until like, I don't know, three days before I watched Turning Red. Um, and so I had just watched Luca and I was like, oh, my. And I was like, this is amazing how 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 are people calling this over in kanto like or how are people calling in kanto this this is so great and i've been on like a really high luca high um and i which i still am and and i definitely prefer it to turning red so it gets so while i did very much enjoy it um and i enjoy like all of like the 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 boy band aspect and then and um the jokes uh all the panda stuff really enjoy it but i i felt like the heart of luca spoke more to me in the long run um and i did cry a whole bunch of that movie um yeah, movies that i don't that are so fun that pixar is using its um freedom to make these films that you wouldn't no one else would have made and these oh, are no, yeah. that would have gotten made if they weren't animated these wouldn't have gotten right. these wouldn't have gotten made if this isn't like year 30 of your company Mm-hmm. You would get turned out the door f- with both of those scripts. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. And I and I think what both movies do successfully not uh, is they have fun with like 
similar to how you mentioned the dad's design and Luca, they have fun with animation. Like when they make movies about regular human people, they feel so stiff often and like, just not that like exciting. And they're leaning into just different and fun animation styles with both movies. And I think like, that kind of draws you in. Like you can't help but think May is adorable or Luca is adorable and just interestingly animated. It doesn't feel like, you know, again, every Pixar adult pre, I don't know, I'd say Coco counts too, but pre Coco, Coco, every adult looks the same. Yes. Coco is really where it sort of differentiated itself. That was a good call. Yeah. It's right around there, but it's like, I want to see these, I want to see people, I want to see different bodies. Like you're, 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 you're using animation. Be fun. Yeah. I want to watch. And I think this does a really good job of being fun and saying a lot in a way that, I don't know, just, I really enjoyed it. Super cute. The boy band stuff was great. And I don't. I mean, again, not apparent, but I don't think it's ever too early to talk about uh, periods. And uh, love James Hong as Mr. Gao, uh, an actor we will talk about so in another movie in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that movie that is because I didn't see it. <laughs> um, Might have. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Um, okay. Anything else do we want to talk about on Turn In Red? No, but you should turn it on if you have Disney Plus. <laughs> that is true. Yes. Yeah. Um, 100%. It's on there. Might as well watch it. So let's go to another streaming project and talk about the Atom Project. No. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, the reteaming of Ryan Reynolds and uh, is it? J- no, not Jay Rowe. Sean. It, no, it's Sean Levy. Uh, Sean, Sean Levy. Yeah. Which is their second of three. Yeah, they just they just did uh, Free Guy together, a movie that I still am shocked about how much I like. It's weird that it is as oh, good free as it is. Yeah. It's weird that I enjoy that movie. But this 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 feels like classic Netflix movie in which they don't have much of an idea. The 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 sci-fi design and conceits aren't that well thought out. And it's kind of, it's so bland. Well, it's weird, because I didn't realize it until, like, the movie was over. That I was like, this is like Ryan Reynolds' third stab at a Netflix franchise. Like, what uh, the fuck is going on here? Six, six Underground? And they right? all leave you, oh, yeah, Six Underground, this, and Red Notice. And yeah. they all leave oh, you with that same hollow feeling. Yeah. It's like it, they're all like kind of uh, mad libs of shit you've seen before, but like just not that good. And there's nothing to really like hang your hat on that says, I am original. It's all the no. same shit. And I think this movie drove me crazy because it had 600 needle drops. <laughs> so many drops, so many, so many. Drops. I did not hate this movie at all. I, I think it's you are right. I didn't on the like it. Um, it, this is a Mad Libs of like a Spielberg movie, basically. Like that's what you know. Yeah. This is this it's trying to be and, very Amblin. Yep. 
and I'm totally okay with that. Like I, I that was that was something very enjoyable for me to to check out. Um, I he Reynolds in general is is like charismatic enough to watch that I'm always happy um, to see him. But th- except for in Red Notice and and Six Underground because both of those were terrible and I completely forgot about both of them. Um, but I, I I like the banter with him and the kid. Um, I, I thought that there was a lot of the stuff with um, uh, uh, like the dad I, I enjoyed. But um, it is nothing new. It is incredibly familiar. It, it's you know it's it's same Coke, not as good of a taste. Um, but it was fine, like as an, as Netflix movies go. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the technology that they use, the people from the future, is never uh, explained because it's just not – there's no interest to it. Like he has this like weird staff. Yeah. He, he shoots these people and they seem to disappear. Um, and it's just – it's I don't know. It's just – it's not fun. I, my favorite point, part in the movie is at one point uh, Mark Ruffalo gives Ryan Reynolds this like weird – jumping punch that I found very, very funny to look at. (laughs) He like jumps and launches himself at Ryan Reynolds to punch him. It's kind of like a weird, like he looks like he's trying to emulate the way like super Mario would punch. Um, but yeah, I love that the kid's bad. They DH Catherine Keener for like really no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought, like, let that kid act how that kid acts. Don't make him be – don't say, here, your note is be little Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That's never going to work. That's yeah, never going to work for that kid. Like, just let him be a kid. Yeah. And now he's going to be the Percy Jackson in the Disney Plus Percy Jackson series. Oh, is but, he really? Which is, which is fine, because I'm sure the kid can act if he's not being told to be one of the more charismatic comedic action actors of our time like that's not an easy task just let him be a kid yeah it's easy to say he grew into that sensibility over time we don't need to see him be like getting punched in the face and having a snarky retort that's just not realistic yeah and it just it was for the ryan reynolds character i think why i still like free guy so much and i think why it's rewatchable it's that he's not in free guy he's not the stock Ryan Reynolds character as much no, as he is not. Well, yeah, that's true. Blame yeah. that movie for that without ever really watching it. Cause I think he's very not himself. Yeah. Uh, but whatchamacallit, uh, red notice. He's the laziest version of the Ryan Reynolds character. Yes. Right. All quips, no actual character. And in this one, it's all quips, but it's softened to meet whatever rating they were going for. Yeah, and it just doesn't work. I think their banter between each other. No, and and it's like I can't. There's like nothing particularly wrong with the movie, but there's yeah. also nothing right with it. <laughs> Short, if I if I recall, I watched. I it was yeah, it was like ninety minutes. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. That that is pretty cool. You know what? Whatever I rated it on Letterboxd. Uh, it, I throw throw up another couple throw up another star because <laughs> a short movie is pretty fucking dope. Yeah, agreed. But I don't. I I think Sean Levy is the wrong choice for Deadpool three. I agree. I I don't I don't think it is the right fit for him. I'm not saying he can't do a superhero movie, but I I think he obviously very he, free guy basically is one. I think he has the 
I think he needs to be thinking in more of a Fantastic Four kind of lane, mm-hmm. not a uh, Deadpool lane. Yeah. And I am nervous for uh, this to be bad. Yeah. Right. Where? Where? I think that we, I think we have to finish off the streaming. Uh, and and P, tell us about the bubble. Uh, the bubble is the newest Judd Apatow film. Uh, uh, it used to mean something. I know. Direct. It's uh, it's a Netflix film. It's his newest since uh, King of Staten Island. It is about uh, uh, the filming of a of a movie in a COVID bubble in England. Uh, he got together a lot of stars. Um, I hate this the fucking worst, one of the worst movies uh, in uh, in years. It's utter garbage. It's never funny. It's never interesting. The character, like the characters, are never really thought out. And it's one of those movies that I think if a movie had ability to look itself in the face, it would kill itself. Like it, <laughs> it's trying to make fun of this idea that it's that's low praise. It it, it, it yeah. itself is an example of. It's like trying to poke fun at Hollywood vapidness and, and like studios forcing you to do things. But this movie was that's joking about making movies in a bubble was made in a bubble. Right. And it's like, how are you this unaware of who you all are? It's the same thing with like, this is 40 noted terrible yeah. um, that Alex Covios loves and ranks loves. as his favorite film of all time. Not your all to be better um, than interstellar. He says, um, <laughs> This is uh, not this. Uh, this is forty. Is <laughs> uh, this is forty? Is a movie about rich people complaining about rich people stuff. Like that. That if if this is forty, which we rewatched and like talked about, like has a one of the subplots of the movie is them being upset because he loaned his dad seventy five thousand dollars. And I'm just like, that is not a. That's an amount of money most people in this country don't make in a year. Yeah, that's not a relatable thing, Judd. So then when he's like, I'm going to make this is 50. I was like, well, this seems you're a fucking moron. And as I said, this is the same thing. It was like, these aren't relatable problems. You're complaining about like your own shit. And you're trying to like poke fun at something that you're an example of. It's Wait, is so he actually bad. making this is 50. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. It's so frustrating. It's so stupid. There are so many TikTok dances. Um, and it's the fake movie they're making is called is a uh, Cliff B six or Cliff B's five. I can't remember. It's in like this long running, like shitty action movie. But like there's no clear analogy for a, like real life actual movie franchise that fits together with what Cliff Beast is. Maybe it it kind of feels like a new Jurassic Park movie. But okay. it has like no real life thing. It's such a shitty parody of nothing that you're like, your jokes about a shitty movie aren't even fu- aren't even clever. I feel like if he's gonna do it, like if he's gonna go for it, then just like attack the king and go for Fast and Furious or something like that. You know, if it's, you really want to go after it. Yeah. You can hit something real. Otherwise, as I said, you're you're just a shitty. You're you're almost making fun of yourself, but. No, like you're. Oh, I don't know. It's 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 so weird. It is over two hours, you know, and it's terrible. It wastes so many people. Uh, uh, so many people are so bad in this. Uh, Pedro Pascal is pretty good. Uh, I don't want to fuck up her name, good. but 
um, who was just in uh, who was in the Borat sequel. Is it Marina? I can't remember. I don't know her full name. Something Bakalova or something. Yeah. I think she's yeah. very funny, and then everyone else is just straight fucking garbage. But it's also like this movie was made about, you know, a year and a half too late. Like, yeah. she was in a movie, she was in Borat, which came out, what, a year and a half ago? Maybe almost two years ago. And that movie took place at the end, at the start of the pandemic. And now we're watching another movie with her two years later. But it's like, about the pandemic we're kind of over that like you're yeah. really really late to the party I've, you should have either made this a, a lower budgeted quicker th- production that we would have laughed at because of its timeliness but now i'm like i i don't have the space or the bandwidth to ingest uh comedy that doesn't even feel of its of the moment similar yeah, to like why we didn't talk about the whole slap shit it's old. It should happen two weeks ago. Right. And I actually do think that there is still like we talked about Kimmy not too long ago. And I think that that is like a great ver- like a, example of a pandemic movie. Um, he, I th- that, that movie uses the we t- like that movie uses the pandemic only to talk about why her own agoraphobia got worse. Right. Exactly. And this doesn't seem like that at all. Also, if this if it tracks, Judd Apatow would have two worst movies of the year on the movie movie podcast yeah he's 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 for me i i granted it's gonna be tough because i recommend no one watch it but for me he's he's number one on my list currently follow wow. behind by morbius <laughs> <laughs> no 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 can we go there right now please well, i mean i just want to say unless sia puts out another movie this year it might be a lock anyway let's move on to morbius yeah let's do it sia puts out a movie about uh i'm trying to think of a like a affliction or disease that you should like she does not understand um <laughs> i got nothing what does bruce willis have See, <laughs> uh, without the Bruce. Oh, the God! Yeah. Oh my God. Aphasia, or whatever okay. that is. I still yeah. don't know what it is, but she'll do that. Yo, yeah. Morbius is, and like, I, I I went as. Okay. The, the, I, I'll paint. Wait, I'll paint a picture. So wait, before we even get into it, let's start with. It's ninety minutes long. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it's dumb short. I saw, I went to the Port Chester AMC. I got dropped off like a middle school boy. Oh, it's great. Uh, I had a double feature in mind, Sonic 2, followed by Morbius with 20 minutes in between, which was enough time to pee and go outside and smoke and go back into the theater. Perfect setup. I sat down for Morbius. I watched Morbius. I left the theater after Morbius ended. I got down the elevator. I walked down the block. I crossed the street by the gas station. I saw a bar said, I think I'm going to go to that bar. I called Lizzie and said, you should meet me at this bar. And then she said, how were your movies? And I said, oh, yeah, Sonic was pretty okay." And uh, what was the other movie I saw? The one I just walked out of. Uh... It is uh, so she proceeded to say, are you okay? It is <laughs> the most forgettable movie I have. I, I, it's hard to say I saw it. It is, and it sucks because it looked like it could have been good, so bad. It's good. Yeah. Right. 
but it's actually just so bad period the end it is just a terrible movie that matt smith seemed to be the only person trying trying to elevate and i'm so tired of this for him this guy is showing up in movie after movie uh trying his ass off in bad franchise after bad franchise trying to do something that no one else is doing and he like this guy's gonna be like not i mean he's not bankable because he's not a lead but he 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 reminds me of like a white idris elba right now in that he's just like yeah i'll do this movie even though it's dog shit He's like stuck in Dark Tower era Idris Elba land. Ooh, that's a bad. That's, I, I that's, think if we were still making uh, late 90s, early 2000s Ashley Judd movies, he'd be the killer in all of them. Oh, oh 100%. Like kiss the Girls. Yeah. Kiss the Girls, Double Jeopardy, totally. all those movies where she was a, a put upon woman who had enough. Um, he would be, and he, and that's the thing, he'd be so good. They should remake in... the snowman with him. <laughs> he would be great. Like he oh. needs to be doing like, like sniveling, uh, chewing up the scenery villains in movies where I guess I should stop. Cause I was gonna say where women get abused. That's like not what I'm trying to say, but you know, that, that movie that came out in the late nineties, he'd be yeah. great at it. Yep. Like, said, like the husband who, hires someone to kill his wife and it doesn't work out and she's out for mm-hmm. revenge. you know like mm-hmm. so many things he'd be perfect for um or even uh, like a strangers on a train situation like yeah. the the one that goes through i've totally um but he doesn't have anything to work uh, he is working but He's this script crazy. is terrible <laughs> you guys have read about uh so behind the scenes of this movie jared leto psychopath like gave a gave a bunch of dead mice to people again or something yeah no so so his character at the beginning of this movie um uh, dr michael morbius is uh has this like weird blood disease and he walks with uh crutches with a great deal of i'm sorry like if your name is michael morbius they're going to be like you can't get a phd like (laughs) not with that name we we know that you're going to turn into a bad guy or or something there's something wrong he walks with crutches with a great degree of difficulty uh Jared Leto, so method into his character, would use those crutches on set to go to the bathroom in between takes and stuff. So much That's so not... that they were getting behind schedule because he was taking so long well, that they had, to, they had to convince him to get him a wheelchair because he was like, no, I need to understand and I need to know like what this was like. So for later on, I can appreciate it when I, when like but... Morbius doesn't need this anymore. But, like, you hire Jared Leto knowing he's going to do that. Yeah, fair Like, enough. that's on them. <laughs> so, I mean, there's yeah. a million things wrong with this movie, but he, here's my biggest complaint. I'm going to describe a movie to you, and I'm going to give you two options. You have to guess which one it is. Spider-Man. Um, so, <laughs> so there's this guy, right? Um, and he has a problem with authority. Uh, but he gains powers that it would be very easy for him to be an evil person but he chooses instead to use to try to use it for good and then there's this other person who's a rich man and that person also gets those powers and he's going to use it for bad and they need to fight am i talking about morbius or venom one Ooh, you did you didn't say if you liked it or not 
Did you like the movie? Because that would be the deciding factor. Main character has zero charisma and it's a piece of shit. (laughs) Oh, so it's Morbius then. (laughs) But this is this this is like their attempt. This is the same structure as Venom. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dr. Michael Morbius says no to the Nobel Prize. And it's like, is it that's supposed to like. What what is that? What is that sequence supposed to do for such us? A weird... I, I was like, I, I was wondering. I'm like, is, do I just not follow Nobel Prize monthly? And is that like a really like corrupt organization that I just don't care about? Like, I was like, what is right, that supposed to mean? It yeah. seems like a really big, like, great honor. Like, it's not something that you would necessarily. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 the same structure as Venom, except he this movie. Even though it's post credit stuff, which I left in the middle of because I thought was very stupid, tries to make it out like he's going That's to terrible. be a villain at some point. But he is never not a hero in this movie. I need no. to go back to the, the Nobel Prize. If, like, could, would you like <laughs> this? Like if there was like a point where someone was just like, you got the MacArthur Genius Grant, like, mm, no, thank you. Like yeah. this it's not a thing. Uh, um, the the, the post credits was terrible. Everything about uh, Vulture was terrible. It just, uh, um, None of it makes any sense. It's just no. So so uh, uh, I I don't even want to like point out how it makes no sense because it so clearly makes no sense. Right. And why would he think that it had any? Ah, never mind. It, it the movie is really not even worth your time or energy. It's just like a bad early two thousands. Sony Marvel movie. So uh, here's the thing. It's like they've learned the, nothing. Yeah. The thing that I keep coming back to in this is like if you think about yeah the original well, that's gonna be a weird one. Um, like Spider-Man, uh, you know the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, um, and and uh, like Willem Dafoe's character in that and how you're just like oh this dude is like crazy and you and you believe that he's trying to be good and also bad but like because he he is literally crazy and he can't control it but can he control it and is he just always bad you never get yeah. that from like the writing for matt smith right like you're just like why no. would you're you're obviously it's like stop trying to convince us that you're good like it's yeah, the it's same not- i actually have the same problem with um uh in in moon Knight right now where it's just like i don't like no we know you're bad just just be bad just 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 <laughs> yeah. do it just, just for, try to don't try to convince us that you're good. Just yeah. be bad, and that's that's enough. Um, what was I say? So there's a point early on in uh, Morbius in which this all this stuff is for the audience only. Well, the, first of all, the opening with the bat retrieval is stupid and is pointless. Um, but he's in his lab, and the kind of very, very soft love interest comes in, and she's like, are you splicing bat DNA with human DNA? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, explain this. And just, like, turns on a light <laughs> for a tube of bats. And it's like, is that supposed to be a reveal? Is that supposed to be something that he thought he could keep, like, secret? It's just like, it's just like a giant glass tube. Like, it's in a fucking aquarium of bats. And then if it's a secret... Two seconds later, a, a different unnamed nurse comes in and standing right next to the bat tube says he needs you in another room. It's doesn't make any sense and is so stupid. Uh, and then one of my other chief complaints about this character is that uh, so in this movie that's about vampires, he bites this woman at the end. 
and she dies. And somehow it's treated as like a shocking reveal later on that she survives. And it's just like, yeah, that's fire's that, work. Yeah, right. That that was that we knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, like, why, why was you, that? A, yeah. that it was like the camera moves in on her face and she like jolts up awake like it's we were supposed to be surprised at that. A vampire. Well, it's, been like, <laughs> it's been 10 years since Twilight, so people forgot how it works. So dumb. I fell asleep twice. It's dumb. It's, <laughs> it's only 90 minutes it. long. I know. <laughs> I, I, still, still I did it. <laughs> Life finds a way. <laughs> That's most of the movie. I know. Oh, you didn't so miss lucky. anything. You're just, lucky. You didn't. You literally didn't. Oh, yeah, I right. dozing off during the action sequences, which weren't great. No, no, be, like, no. No. Oh, okay. All right, let's moving on. Moving on. What, what do we got next? Who, what so do we, we want to? The first part of Russ's double feature and talk about Sonic. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about Sonic. Russ, what did you think of Sonic? Uh. Too long for a kid's movie, but I liked it fine. Yeah. We all liked the first one. Yep. Yeah. I was, this one, oddly for me, one of my, I have like several complaints. It felt like they made this one for a younger audience than the first one. Which I found surprising. I found, I don't know. I I felt like, yeah. But. But everything up, but I was like, this is just so goddamn long. Why am I still here watching? This? I, I think they did the the actual like the I don't the legacy the canon characters they they nailed them all. Yeah, yeah. They just added way more other shit. I don't like, know. Everything with the here. wedding is so weird and like the sting. It, it, it doesn't fit the movie no. at all. Well, the thing is, no, and the, I get it because I think they're like Natasha Rothwell is very funny. Yeah, we need to beef up her character. And honestly, what you needed to do is just like keep her at the same level she was at in the last movie, because I'd rather be left wanting more than left. Like, why are we getting a whole scene of her like now angry at Shamar Moore uh, and then him talking about I actually love you? I'm like, who is this for? Who's that for? This movie is two hours and two minutes. It's about 20 minutes too long. And I'm looking at shit that could have been cut without it. The movie would wouldn't have you wouldn't have had to edit any other scene to make any other scene make sense. You just cut it out. Yeah. When when James Marston and and Sonic get captured, you just have um, the, the, the two women go in together and and her scene with Shamar Moore plays out next to Sonic's um, uh, rescue, yeah. but it's completely separate, and it feels like we take forever. It's to so get it, back to the main it's, character. It's really long. It's like she's. It, it's she's like it's almost like she's like, treated like she's a like a, a that that fan favorite character that everybody has been waiting for to have this scene, and I'm like. This is just uh, the second lead's sister in the movie. So understand where you where, where you fit. It's just yeah. very strange. But yeah, it's I, very I, strange. That that scene should have taken place in the same room that Sonic, Tails, and James Marston were captured. Yep, and it made more sense. But what did work is again, I thought Sonic, Tails, Knuckles. Yep. 
uh, Jim Carrey. Great. Yep. Like, I really like it. It's weird because this movie, this franchise, I should say, because that's what it is now. It is now, and it's going to be. There's a third one coming, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. These there's, movies shouldn't work, and they kind of do. But I think they, like with they the third need one, to you'll be able to less. like insert the next movie into it as well, and then you'll actually be like you know like <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, yeah the post credit scene was obvious everyone knew what they were gonna go do yeah uh, I it was it, my only problem with Knuckles is that I loved at, it at one point they flipped a switch and he's like okay Knuckles is Drax yeah yeah and I just sure. I wish they did that more. Because yeah. the first half of the movie, it was all Jim Carrey talking and Knuckles punching. And then yeah. later on, when they allow Knuckles to talk, it was like, oh, I like this Knuckles they've created. Yeah, I thought it was a really smart. It's like it's like they filmed the movie sequentially and then they realized, oh, wait, uh, if he's a good guy now, we have to kind of make we need a, a personality type that is separate from Sonic's like high energy, almost annoying from Tails is like kind of do-goodery nerdy shit. We need a whole other archetype. And they nail it. And it's so good. But I'm like, it. you didn't do this for half the movie. And it would have been great if you did. Because Idris, like when they're playing, even baseball at the end, I was like, I love this. Yeah. Oh, that was great. The baseball, yes. 100%. I'm like, they, they, I think they're making these movies more complicated than they need to. I think that was my takeaway watching this one is I'm like, you guys are trying, you're trying to like make art when well, we just want to watch a Sonic movie. See, but I kind of, I oddly disagree with that because my w- weird complaint about this, it's just because so many kids and family movies have been deeper is that I don't think Sonic had an arc in this movie. I don't think he ever. Well, learned- I think they were trying to say like uh being a hero means you know not doing the dumb stuff and then he you know relied on other people and was trying to be yep. safe and cautious so yeah. i think that's their way around that i just don't think that worked as much especially maybe it was because it was over two hours which is an insane choice you can't do that for children like you no. just cannot you can't even do that for us <laughs> no. no yeah that is accurate but i uh, I, I will say this too. had one of the better needle drops I've heard in a long time when Pantera's walk came on when he was in the oh, that was robot so suit. Good. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that I like, that is needle drop of the year. Oh, it was perfect. Sure. And I love his like little uh, underling, his like sidekick dude. Who so, at first I didn't care for at all, and now I'm like, this this guy is so weird. I'm into it. Yeah. I like that they've made him kind of like Smithers level. I'm in love with this bad person. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, They're leaning so much further into it now, which I appreciate. Yeah, I just the scene in the Siberian bar. If that was cut out. In which there's a a dance off. If that was cut out. I think because because we did a scene in a bar in the first one. And that led to a great Sonic doing a Quicksilver scene. Yeah. That was very fun. And this one is a fucking dance-off. And it's like, why are we doing this? Your movie's two hours. Like, cut out this fucking dance sequence. I almost fell asleep in that scene. Like, that was one where I was fading. 
Yeah, but like, yeah, but as I said, like, that's where it's a lack of growth because like that scene does nothing for Sonic and Tails as friends. Nope. I think because it's also delaying when we get a very good action sequence of him snowboarding down oh, the that hill. Was, that was very. And good. I like that. And every like all those sort of action stuff works. And like the comedy bits, as I said, I felt like they were going for a younger audience, and it's like kids will like when Sonic dances and and fucking Jim Carrey flosses. Oh, that was oh, terrible. Yeah. I hated that. The kids still floss. That would here's the thing. That would have been dated two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, because right? it's not a thing anymore. Yeah, and there was God. There was another. I can't remember the other reference. I was like, "Are wait, are we still doing that?" And I cannot remember off the top of my head. But there was another one early on. That was, why it was like, I felt like they were going for younger, which was surprising because like the first one was a hit. Like, if anything, like you can. I like when movies that are for kids when they make a sequel allow themselves grow. to grow a little bit to say, yeah. We, we believe because we are this bigger presence that we're going to get the same age of kids again because they've heard about it from older people. But yeah. we're, go- we're going to meet our audience two years in their life away from now. And we're going to get a little bigger. And that's you know one of my favorite things about the How to Train Your Dragon series, I think, grows with its audience each time. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Which I was just surprised at. You know, it's it's it's. It, it, but granted, it's not making me not want a third one. I think, as as you said, right, like, yeah, 100%. now where they're at with these with these three friends. Yeah, and Big's the cat. Hopefully soon too. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's all right, uh, go, uh, Pete. Give us a quick rundown of the Lost City. Uh, fun. Channing Tatum, um, I wish he would never stop making movies. He has such a good grasp on what makes his attractiveness funny and what makes the correct level of being a dumb person is still endearing. As like a dumb, hot dude, he's so good. As I said, he he finds that balance that you're never rolling your eyes at what he does. Mm -hmm. You're so on board with him. Uh, Sandra Bullock's fun. I don't think they have the most chemistry in the world. Uh, but but as I said, he he's a he's very very silly. I think the when the movie has to like just be an adventure movie by the end of it, it kind of gets a little little boring. But when okay. it, like the the first seventy five percent of this movie, when it's just making jokes about its whole setup, it's very good. This it seemed very romancing the stone or something similar. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, which I'm totally all for Sandra Bullock fun. The Brad Pitt sequence is, is good. Um, which is a good time. Patty so Harris, just a single year sequence. Cause that's part of the trailer. Like there's a lot of it in the trailer. <laughs> uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but he, 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 he's not in the movie for long. Okay. Um, kind of like in like Deadpool or whatever. Where yeah. Just like, it, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe continues to have fun being weirdos. Uh, Patty Harrison has a very small role, but she's very funny. Uh, Divine Joy Randolph is great, unsurprisingly, who uh, people might remember her most from Dolomite is My Name, which she's incredible in. And the uh, wonderful High Fidelity show that they canceled for no final reason. Yeah, one of the worst COVID cancellations. I want that show back. It's so annoying. They they teed up so much. I want to live in that world still. It is. 
Yeah. That was also a great COVID uh, show to watch because it just felt alive. Yeah. And, and they still you push weren't. it on like all Hulu commercials. It always starts yeah. with high fidelity. Yep. Bring it back. Um, my biggest complaint about The Lost City is uh, Oscar Nunez of The Office fame. Really, his character reeks of we don't know exactly what to do with this character, but we're going to hire a comedian and they'll make something out of it. And it's none of it lands. Mm, I think it completely sucks the energy out of the movie um, because it's also like all of the scenes are not essential and would work if though, if they were very funny, it would have meant, it would have, you know, meant something and, and, and added to it. But he's just a part of a uh, uh, divine joy and Randolph's like her trip to go find the two of them. He's just like the pilot, you know? So we, when we keep, shooting back to them it's just like their explanation of how she gets there but it's never funny and it's as i said it really deflates it uh but yeah uh i i do as i said i do wish bullock and tatum have a little bit more like romantic chemistry for it or you know just it's it's 2022 like the two hot people don't need to kiss at the end of the movie they could be friends Mm -hmm. Uh, do they? It, you know, nope. I don't want to. Never mind. Never, nope, it, you know, if, if the romantic chemistry is not there, don't force it. I, I don't think audience are, are going with the hope that two people are going to get together in a movie in the same way that they used to. I think. I think French. I think French. I think friendship cinema is a thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's the lost city. See, All right. when, I think whatever streaming service it lands on, I hope it does very well. I'm sure it will, and I'm sure it'll be there soon too. Um, yeah, it, it did well in the theaters. Like it's, it's gonna top out at like eighty or ninety million, which yeah. for a movie like that, which one doesn't get made anymore, two, uh, just it's just a it's a movie that just does not exist anymore. So for it to do well is very impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about X. Did anyone else see this but me? Yeah, I, I saw it. Did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, day it came out or, yeah, something like that. No, Weekend it came out. I saw X. It is. Uh, it's a it's a fucking. It's good. It's an A24 joint. It's an A24 joint. A24. Now, not production. I um I was nervous going into it because I still felt a little burned by uh, Lamb, uh, where you know it any A twenty four movie is a horror movie if you believe in yourself, and right. now they're actually making one. I'm like I don't know, but um X ends up being like a very straight down the middle serviceable good uh horror movie that is saying some stuff but not too much stuff and it's a lot of fun it's just a it's just a very well done horror movie in a time where horror movies try so hard to be more than what they are yeah and i think i think you could read into parts of this movie deeper but you do not have to to enjoy it no i think i think there's reading of this movie that it's like you know it's it's about um 
porn stars or sex workers and how they're treated by a society that only is jealous of them in a weird way. Like the, yeah. I don't want to give too much away if no one's, if no one knows anything about it, but it's, I, I, I think you could, but you don't have to, it's, you can enjoy it as a slasher and it looks fantastic. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, beautifully shot. And I, I, I read it, I watched it both ways and I don't know which I prefer, but uh, for, as I was sitting down, I was like, oh, they're trying to say some other stuff, but they're not really overtly saying it. Yeah. I think it's kind of like you, you can go there if you want to. I almost, and, and then I, I watched it through the lens of, or I finished it through the lens of, nah, they're not saying any of that stuff. And I really appreciate that they're they're kind of not owning it either way. They're like, it's up to you, man. You you can go there if you feel like it. You cannot if you don't. But it works either way. Yeah. I thought I expected it to be more of like all the allegorical stuff to be like more heavy handed and more like they would stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a little taken aback by the fact that they don't. But I also appreciate that they said, yeah, fuck it. You went and saw it. What do you think? Like, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is- I have heard things about it. I have not seen it. Um, I hear there's like a there. I don't know if there's a short prequel or if they're filming a prequel with. They made like, a whole other movie. There is a whole other movie. They made a whole other movie. It's done. And it's just like waiting to be released. Wait, what? <laughs> There's a whole other secret. They shot a whole secret movie uh, prequel about Pearl. Oh, that's the old woman. Yeah. Who I think I think uh, Mia Goth, who does dual roles in this movie, fucking rules. Which I did not realize until it was over. I was like, oh, that's why I was so fucking freaked out. I'm like, something is up here. Well, I was watching it like thinking that there's a point to it. Like that was going to be like, it was a part of what they were saying. I figured that that was, is it not? No, it never, it never really comes together and it never really says anything. Not in any, not in any way that you want it to, which is what I like. It's, it's very, it's really strange in that respect, but yeah, it's just happens to be uh, Mia Goth. Dual roles for uh, no reason. Kind of. Hmm. She's fantastic. Jenny Ortega, who I am growing in uh, appreciation of, who was just in Scream, I love. She was very, she was very good. I thought Kid Cudi and Brittany Snow were really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, Jenna Ortega. I don't know why I've had my nose turned up at her in horror movies. Even in Scream, I was like, you? What are you doing here? But she's kind of pulling stuff off. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, I don't want to say that just yet, but (laughs) I appreciate her. (laughs) But yeah, uh, X is really fun. Okay. And it's, and again, for A24... It, it's it was nice for them to kind of like I mean granted uh, Red Rocket and stuff came out after Lamb but 
I think lamb really left a sore, a sour taste in my mouth and it's coloring. You know, when you see a 24 show up on a trailer, you're like, that should be, Oh, this is straight fire. And lamb came out and now I'm like, I don't know. They might be trying to do too much. Uh, like how I feel with the men trailer, which everything about men I should love. Uh, don't say any. I have not. I that's a trailer. I've not I, seen the theater. I leave theaters for that trailer. Don't that, it, that, it, and nope. I don't. I I leave the theater. Oh, it, uh, I saw the nope trailer. Is okay. Yeah, let's. I saw nope men. It, I it. Okay, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> yep. Um, well, I think there's. I think A24 needs to be maybe more selective with the movies they just uh, distribute because I think everything they produce themselves and then are like their own like projects that they shepherd are fantastic. Yeah. But they buying up a lot of stuff that I think, like Lamb, sort of uh, 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 lessens their like brand. Yes. As I said, as we said on the podcast before, like. I think Lamb is everything people complain about A24 movies. 100%. Like, when people talk about A24 bros, it, Lamb is, like, the poster child for, for that stuff. I still haven't seen it, but it does feel like that movie, to be fair. It's, not, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything with its premise, and it doesn't mean anything. And it's not even, like, an interesting, like, you figure it out. It just, it does nothing. Yeah. And it's a fucking bummer. Speaking of things that aren't bummers, we got one left. And it's the one that we've been here waiting to talk about, the one that I need to see we have and two. hear about. Do we? Yeah, I haven't talked about Ambulance. Give us two seconds, because I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Ambulance, Michael Bay movie, sh- it bombed so fucking hard. Hell yeah. And get ready for a million think pieces about why it bombed hard and stuff, but... I think it's it's very silly. It's a little long, of course. It's like two fifteen. Ah. Um, but it's filled with the weirdest decisions that like had to been made just to make it a little bit sillier as it goes along. I think there I think there's some fun to be had. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, having a good time. Um, I would say see it. Maybe not rush out, but I, I think I think I, as I said, like, you know, for all of Michael Bay's problems, I think he has a good idea of always what he's making okay it's fun and like everything everywhere all at once tell me about it stop (laughs) talking about michael bay oh my god i don't yeah i don't know how to talk about everything everywhere all at once without like saying because it's not great it's not really a twist movie at all but i just don't want to i don't want people to know things about it if they haven't seen it What do you know about this movie, Tiggs? Let's start there. Basically, what I have seen from the trailer and my own assumptions that it is in some ways, like, whether it be a send-up homage or just trying to do better all of, like, the Marvel crap. Like, it is in some way influenced by that, and it is the a24 spin on it no 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 that's that's you're not wrong i think i yeah there i think i think it's it's fair for you to think that okay but it just isn't that okay 
it's so much more and it's better. Uh, okay. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh, incredible. Kihei Kwan, incredible. Uh, Michelle Yeoh's role originally going to be Jackie Chan, apparently, as well at some point. I did not know that. I think I it, read, I read that today. An incredibly different movie. <laughs> it, it seems like it would be. From her, um, keep going. Oh, yeah. She she's so good in this. Oh my god. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis on fire. It Stephanie. I don't know how to say her last name. I'm gonna guess Stephanie. Like Sue. Oh, I think it's Stephanie. I think it's Shu. If it's H S U. Yeah. I think. Uh, she's fantastic, and especially when she goes to another level at a point in this movie. Uh, James Wong, elder statesman of the piece. It's, I don't. It's I've seen it twice. Uh, as Russ said, I've I only may, seen it once. Yeah, maybe before we started, disappointed in himself that he's only seen it once. Um, it's one of those movies that I'm going to spend the entire year. Hope stays in the conversation. It, I, I think this is a rare. Maybe that's just me reading, being too hopeful, but it was so enjoyable, and it's getting such universal praise right now. That I'm I'm not expecting picture, but I'm hoping that Michelle Yeoh and um, uh, Kehoe Kwang or Kwan, sorry, uh, can stay in the conversation for best actress and supporting actor, because yeah. that's like what I would like to see the Academy do uh, as far as like. I don't need you to recognize movies for best picture. This will never be best picture. Um, But be open to what makes a performance good. That's not, you know, a, a biography or exactly. It's, it's, you know, like the, the Academy has done that before. Like I think a lot of people forget, but uh, what Sigourney Weaver was nominated for aliens for best actress. Was she really? Yeah. That is the same level that I think would if they accepted those those roles as award worthy again, mm-hmm. it would be completely different. Like was Linda Hamilton nominated as well at any point? I don't think so. Like even like great like we'd have to go back to like the Golden Globes kind of did this a little bit at times. Uh, you know, incredible body of work that of that they have. Um, mm-hmm. right. like <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis being nominated for True Lies. Oh, classic role, though. I mean, so, well-deserved. Like, you have to... Why don't we appreciate the skill it takes to carry something like this? Yep. And it's a shame, especially with, you know, especially with female roles. Like, there is a long string um, ignoring Nomadland because that was a very much a dead year in which, like, the same five movies were nominated for every single thing. In which... Yeah. Best actress nominees and a lot of the times winners come from movies that are nominated for little to nothing else mm-hmm. that no one really cares about. No one's really seen like Eyes of Tammy Faye. No one liked, but she wins. Judy doesn't exist. Yeah. Bill Werger was going to win. No, no, no conversation. No matter her. what. Yeah. It's just like appreciate what it takes, especially as I said, and then and then we'll hopefully that will be the thing that will be that will like ignite better roles for women. Yeah. Especially older women. Yep. Like 
both both Michelle and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis are putting in some incredible work to make some very weird things like completely jump off the screen and also carry so much emotion in them. It really it it and I think that's I think that's what was so impressive to me about this movie without getting into as much into like the real nitty gritty of it is it is it it is basically a, a a live action Rick and Morty episode on paper, but it has so much more like actual heart and something to say. But it's still making you laugh and exhilarate you. Like it does all of the thing. It it really is everything all at once. <laughs> like it. In, for lack of a better expression, like it, it hits, it hits every genre, but it's not giving you 10 minutes of this genre and 10 minutes of that genre. It's like punching you in the face with like every genre that it is at one time. Yeah, it is like uh, it is truly I mean, the movie made for somebody who has ADHD, uh, but, you know, and, and, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's just so well done and and it's like they waste not a single scene not a single mm. cutaway and yeah. some of the jokes which is why i'm excited to see it a second time around because there were some there were some jokes that i was like no they're not gonna do that oh 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 you are oh you're stop it like they they take your expectation and then they meet it and then exceed it and that is a very difficult thing to do at least yeah. for me i think there's so many jokes that feel like throwaway jokes that have emotional payoffs by the end of the film yes uh and it all as i said it all works it's just i i i felt the same emotions if not more my second time around and i'm excited for the second round i feel like this is going to yeah. be one of those i'm going to see it a billion times very excited um it, it uh, i could yeah I, there's it's it's just so fucking good and i i think it's an incredible theater film as well because uh with an right. audience that's that's into it and laughing but there's also i think the theater experience is so good for this movie because there is uh no spoiler but there is one like three minute sequence that is utter silence oh I think if you see that in a theater without distraction and you can actually live in that silence, it is an incredible, incredible emotional like payoff. Yes. I, I, it, yeah. It, and I remember sitting there and I was like, yo, are we going to get some sound? Oh, we're not. Oh, this is just a joke. Oh, wait, yeah. it's a joke, but I feel stuff. That's that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's huh. the whole movie. As I said, like, is is this gonna make sense? Oh, it's a joke. Wait, it, but it, may, but it works. Like, it's God. Oh. <laughs> and and who knew this movie was produced by the fucking Russo brothers, who just spent what a half a the, the better <laughs> part of a decade making uh, Marvel movies. Yeah. yeah. It's really strange then, because like, enough, this is not a response to Marvel at all. It's just no. something else. Yeah. Okay. Granted, okay. I think 
this is the, hopefully this is something that helps the Russos because I think as you said they spent like half a decade in Marvel territory if not more and then burned all of their cultural cachet on cherry. <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah. about cherry. In which everyone was like, uh, "No, thank you, Russos. Please leave." Yeah. Yeah, I can't, <sighs> I can't recommend recommend this movie highly enough. Um, I'm excited for my third go around. Uh, hopefully Monday. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I, I, as I said, it's a movie that I don't want to, I don't think you can spoil, but I don't want to talk, I don't want, I don't want you to know any specifics, because I want you to experience them. Yeah, I don't want to know anything, I just want to go into it, um. But yeah, I hope it sticks around in, in award conversation, um. Yeah, I do, I do too. Because it, it is it is so clearly a it could easily be a, like the number one. This is this is my number one. I'm doing King of the Mountain style. I am very nervous. I don't think anything. I, I think I don't I can't imagine anything else coming out that unseats this. Yeah, uh, I it, it's one of those things that I think I hope it sticks around for that, because I think this is what, as we said before, what the Oscars need. Even in a year in which they're like, let's, you know, we don't nominate big movies. People aren't going to like this. And let's kick all these other awards off the telecast. And then all those awards are won by Dune, the highest grossing movie nominated for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that stuff that would have been a repeat of the Mad Max year when all the people who worked on one movie together that a bunch of weirdos win awards. Right. Yep. And it could have it could have been exactly what the Oscars wanted. And I think this could this could be the thing like this is the you know, I, I hate to use the word representation to talk mm-hmm. about it. But like this is that other thing. This this is this is what you want to talk about. And like, you know, um, his story of returning back to acting after, you know, being a weird slight pariah from doing uh, Temple of Doom and the Goonies. Yep. And he's like said in interviews like he wasn't getting auditions for years. He was getting nothing. He, he was getting like one or two auditions a year. He knew people around his like same age that were getting auditions constantly. And he was in Indiana Jones and Goonies and no one right. wanted to work with him. And he left, he went back to China and he was like working with a couple different things. Um, it's still in film, but like nothing big and like staying away. And then his, like, very emotional story is, like, he saw Crazy Rich Asians, and he's like, wait, Hollywood's doing this? Like, there are these roles, and there's an interest in this, and then also there's an audience for this. That movie was a huge hit. Like, that's what made him come back and try again. And I think that story, and, like, as I said, that's that's what, I don't know, That's that's, this could be the thing that get, like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm putting too much into it, but I'm like, this, this, you know, this is the movie that saves the world. But like, I don't know. It's, I think it's that fucking good. It is. It's really, really, really good. But Tiggs, you have to watch uh, the last duel first. Sorry, that's the rule. I did. I did. I actually did. I saw it. Right. I think I'm the oh. only one left who hasn't. Yeah. And so I bad. Won't. Oh, bullshit. Don't, you don't think that. <laughs> of course I did. That was so bad. I mean, like, ugh, I don't even want to get into why I think it was really bad. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm um, not wrong. 
Oh, um, did you did you ever get to um, Barb and Star? I did. That would not have made my top ten list. So this, no, I did not like it at all. That was terrible. (laughs) What? Yeah. All right, and and, and this tell everyone where they can find us. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't get you. (laughs) Find us on the web at movemovepodcast.com. You can find Russ everywhere. It's Russ incredible. You can find Pete as Pete Peter P on what are you on again? Letterboxd. And you can find me on Letterboxd with Trava as Johnny Tiggs. And that's it for this time. So let's, I'm going to, I'm going to find a time to see everything everywhere all at once this weekend. Um, and that's really all that matters. All right. We'll see y'all next time on the movie movie podcast. Tiggs, man, you're bumming me out.